I mean, not that this is going to happen, but if you have a rather large arachnid on leash and he comes up to try and say hi to me, I may have some things to say about that. Uh, like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Like, no, I'm good. No. No, exactly. <laughs> this is my space. That's your space. You stay over there. Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, hey, everyone. <laughs> that, that was a real moment where Serena forgot to check to make sure that she was confident in the fact the audio was recording before I said ready. And she was like, yes, I'm ready. And then there was this dive towards the middle. If you're on the video, that was really funny. <laughs> I thought I had caught it smoothly. <laughs> no, I got back in time for my cue. I mean, you did get back in time. I mean, it was an interesting video, like visual thing going on. I mean, yeah. YouTube, Patreon, go check it out. It's funny. <laughs> Surprise, I'm here. <laughs> so um, we are... <laughs> It is a, the, an episode where I start down and I just jump up. <laughs> you know that's coming now. <laughs> so um, we're both a little bit croaky today because we are in the middle of celebration week here. Yeah. Um, uh, and Serena was saying earlier, it's kind of celebration month, but for us, it's celebration week. Um, it's probably not where you are right now, unless you're listening to this eight months later then it actually goes live which because you might be in the middle of celebration week as well because i think this is due to go out in april i believe uh and currently as you can tell from the festivities behind um that we are currently in december um and i gotta point out the the cute little teeny tiny stockings there which are the latest edition which i just love. i know where they are and i'm like where <laughs> Under the TV. <laughs> right there, right there, where I'm pointing See, right now. Uh, oh, actually, uh, your point is pretty on right? point. On point. <laughs> point See is on I point. There. I did. That means two things. So, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, we're both Saggies. So it was my birthday on Sa- S- Sunday. 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 Right, I'll, I'll <laughs> you can tell how good a week it's been. Is it? <laughs> no clue. And it's Serena's on Saturday. So um, we had a lot of fun on Saturday. We went out and it was so funny because we've both been so exhausted after all of the visa debacle that um, we've just been like, oh, I'm so tired. So normally I plan my birthday in advance because it's in the middle of Christmas season, which means that or holiday season and Christmas for us specifically. Um, And so people tend to be around because it's like Christmas parties and stuff. This year we just went sod it <laughs> well we went from uh planning a fundraiser right. for our birthdays to being like mm, yeah not, no no not no. gonna happen well, we will do it we're gonna do the fundraiser for our birthdays like in probably february time um but um but we decided that we were just gonna go with the flow and it's so funny because 
we still did so much. <laughs> I feel like we were going all day. And I mean, we only joined in halfway through the right. day. <laughs> <laughs> like we went, I went a little mondiate, meander down the boardwalk, went and bought some new crystals. There's also some new brand new crystals behind me. <laughs> Ta-da. Like I'm getting good with the pointing. You are again. getting good with the pointing. <laughs> um, and uh, had smoothies. And then we went and um, met Joe and Serena out on the boat. We had a very late lunch that ended up turning into the most spectacular sunset I think I've ever seen. It was, I mean... We're known for our sunsets here. I think mm. they called uh, the Key West sunset the most expensive sunset in the world. <laughs> like, probably not wrong there. No, I yeah. actually think that's like wow. traveling. Like really? that's what Key West is huh. known for is the most expensive sunset in the world. And yeah. that's just because of how much it costs to vacation Be here. here. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, the sunset is completely free. You just yeah. have to get to this <laughs> island to experience yeah. it. Yeah. Someone's saying they're selling tickets at Mallory Square. I think that might be a bit much. Well, I, I'm... Surprise that, surprised, I'm surprised that doesn't happen. Yeah. Somebody's gonna listen to this. And, like, you know, like no, shh. I didn't mean it. Cancel, clear, delete. Forget it. Forget it. I didn't say that. Don't do that. And, and if you come here and somebody's trying to sell you tickets to the sunset, don't buy them. Don't They're buy fake. them. Yes, there are plenty, of, and there are plenty of other places to see the sunset. As we discovered, we were out on the boat, and it was almost like. It was almost like sunset new because it was a purple sunset, which is my favorite color. And purple sunsets don't really happen here all that no. much. Like sometimes we get the hues of purple, but like this was a this like was a proper deep purple, purple sunset. Yeah, it was really quite quite impressive, quite spectacular. And so, uh, and then we came back and we did. Uh, they have a trolley tour which goes around and sees all like the big like the major holiday lights um, of like homes that are decorated for the holidays um so we went and did that and then we did dinner and drinks and then no celebration on key, key west island would be complete without bobby's, bobby's monkey bar so uh, uh which you may have heard us mention once or twice so yeah <laughs> uh we were singing a little bit once or twice like larry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if we should do like we should do like a bobby count and a larry count like Ooh, see we who's should do winning. an episode at bobby's oh my god <gasps> yes <laughs> So everybody can Bobby, see the magic. coming your way. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. How cool would that be? We could do it one morning. Like, yeah. They open at midday. We got their first thing. Like When it smells clean. When it smells clean as well. I mean, not... I mean, it's better than it used to be. Yes. Used to be, able to, used to be able to smoking bobbies, and uh, back home. And I was saying just the other night, as we were, as when we were, we got back. Uh, he was like, "It's so good that you can't, you can't smoking bobbies in it because it literally used to have to clean everything mm-hmm. that had been in anywhere. Like, my hair had to be washed the night I got back from bobbies, otherwise the following day it was disgusting. So it's it's not as bad as it once was. Um, but and it's, it's still a popular bar, <laughs> and it's and it's a, it's a great little dive bar with a pool table and lots of karaoke, as you can hear from our voices so that's the reason we've got (laughs) i feel like um you know when uh, phoebe and friends start singing with like when she gets like cold and she's got like that smoky sexy voice when she's singing i'm like like, oh i sound sexy today but it's no it's just like blowing my voice out marjorie vibes going on (laughs) (laughs) there's all kinds of different vibes going on like i'm I'm trying to think like 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 nina simone like that real kind Mm. of smoky like oh beautiful beautiful yeah i don't sound like that normally so i'm gonna make the most of the fact that i do say (laughs) so uh today we're talking about just because it wouldn't compromise your needs doesn't mean it won't compromise theirs (laughs) so this all came about um, as a result of um, a little morning ritual that I've been doing recently, uh, which is that um, I've been wanting to do a little bit more movement, a bit more exercise. And so I've been waking up in the morning and walking down to White Street Pier for sunrise. 
Um, and uh, I mean, I've had some adventures on <laughs> my journeys down to White Street Pier. Uh, we have, it has involved police and ambulance one morning. Can I tell you about that? Yeah. Yeah, I did tell you about that. Uh, sorry, some guy was like passed out. And we weren't sure if he was still like functioning, like living or not. So me and another very nice guy, Tom, who kind of stopped by and helped me out. We um, called the emergency services and he was fine. That was the main thing. He was fine. He was good. And he didn't get in the ambulance. So he didn't get charged. So as well, that was a like double bonus. Like, and we will, we are going to be doing an episode on the fact that it is so fucked up mm-hmm. that you sometimes have to make a decision between, am I going to ruin somebody's, like, is somebody going to die because I don't call an ambulance or am I going to ruin their life because they've got financial ruin because I've had to call them an ambulance? Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to get to that at some point. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about puppies. <laughs> ish um so i mean legit this is where it came from i was down um at sunset pier i was last week or the week before and a lot of people go down there to walk their dogs first thing in the morning because um obviously it gets quite warm here during the day so like first thing like sunrise is a nice time it's nice and cool it's a good time to go out for a walk um and you get all kinds of dogs down there <laughs> there was this this one dog um down there i mean dog puppy like little ball of fluff mm-hmm totally like puppy energy enthusiastic running about here there and everywhere i think his name's bruce <laughs> like okay i remember hearing the word bruce a lot um and i'm like I, obviously i'm down there watching the sunrise but i'm a i'm an animal person i'm definitely a puppy person um so if there's a puppy around my attention gets distracted pretty frequently um and this little thing was just, was just adorable and like kicking around a little ball that somebody had found and and what have you and like bouncing here there and everywhere and if you've ever seen a puppy like they are like these excitable balls of energy that are like here there and everywhere and they want to make friends with everybody and they want to explore everything um which is great except the thing was is that this pup wasn't on a leash exactly this is a big warning <laughs> what, i don't know what is a trash truck i've got no idea why. <laughs> they know we're recording they, they know we're recording like oh we're gonna go there, get them you watch this like that. with somebody listening key west going that's my horn on the podcast <laughs> thank you monroe county waste department yes, much much appreciated <laughs> not anyway so this little part was running around and said it wasn't on leash now it was a very small pup. Um, it was very enthusiastic, as I said, like bouncing around here, there, and everywhere. Like there was a, a small child down there, and he went up and like jumped up and was like, "Hi!" Like wanting to make friends and wanting to say hi to everybody. Hi, my name's Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> G'day. Um, so, um, <laughs> <It's> the Australian. <laughs> but that's like a that's like a very like Australian like is very Australian. Like G'day, Bruce is like an Australian. Like it's really? like a yeah I don't know why like like Bruce and Sheila I think it's like from the eighties and nineties like was Sheila, like like Sheila resonates yeah but Bruce apparently Bruce. like I, I don't know whether maybe it's because I watched a lot of Australian soap operas I don't even know if there was anyone called Bruce in them anyway <laughs> beside the point anyway Bruce came up and introduced himself to a lot of people now generally speaking I said I'm a I'm a dog person so pretty much any dog can come up to me and say hey and I'm like oh little friends like making friends cuddles and all the things um the thing is is that as someone who was a house sitter for many years like traveling around looking after homes and pets when when their owners weren't there um i know that not everybody is okay with dogs like some people are really terrified of dogs 
Um, and so whenever I was looking after a dog, whenever I was out and about, generally I would have them on leash unless it was somewhere where they weren't, they weren't going to run into anybody else. Um, and if I had a dog that was particularly excitable, if there was somebody coming the other way, I'd actually put them on quite a short leash just so I could check to see where the other person is at before allowing them to interact. Because a lot of dogs are like, Hey, <laughs> Let me introduce myself. Um, Personal space and boundaries do not exist in their not, world. Not a lot of things. Well, the interesting thing was, and this is this is kind of what prompted this episode, was uh, uh, at one point, and this, this pup had been running around saying hi to everybody for quite some time. And then there was a woman who was walking two dogs on leash who were coming around. And all of a sudden I heard out the back, like I heard out um, like corner of my ear, <laughs> heard behind me, um, this, this woman say, oh, that's not a good idea. And I sort of turned around and this tiny little pup was going up and saying, hi, I think they were two pitties. Um, now the breed of dog really wasn't important. What was important was the fact that one of these dogs was a rescue and wasn't very good with other dogs. Now this little pup, completely innocent not like causing any problems in terms of like trying to start a fight or anything like that just wants to say hi but this other dog is like like deer in headlights kind of thing and like you can see like the whole the this whole body is tense and this poor girl who is on the who's got them on the leash her entire body is tense as well and while obviously there was no ill intent impact over intention go listen to the episode if you haven't already heard it uh we'll put the episode number in the show notes um there was no ill intent of this dog because of the the disposition of the dog that was being approached it had the potential to be quite a dangerous situation because if this dog is an anxious dog is nervous of other dogs i mean i mean some rescues they've been put in fights there's all kinds of different situations that they've been in um they've been abused that they don't they don't respond the way that a dog that has grown up in an environment where they've been loved and well cared for um it the the the, the rescue could have reacted. And the thing about it is the rescue dog was huge by comparison to this tiny little ball of fluff. But this tiny little ball of fluff was like, hi, how you doing? How you doing? Let me come and say hi. Would you like to play? Like that was that kind of energy. And this larger dog, now the thing about it is because the younger dog was getting up very, very close. If the larger dog had reacted and attacked, the larger dog would have been like seen as being to blame, like this, this big dog attacked my puppy. Well, the reality is the big dog wouldn't have attacked the puppy if the puppy hadn't been in a situation where it was able to get that close and to cross some obviously very clear boundaries that this dog has and that the owner was communicating as well because the owner is immediately as this dog came up was like, oh, that's not a good idea. Um, And had it been my little pup, for a start, I would have probably had it on leash anyway, somewhere where there were going to be lots of pups. Well, you don't know whether how they are with other dogs. Um, and especially if you have a dog that's not good with other dogs that's on leash and a dog that is off leash, that dynamic is often very, it's a, it's a very explosive dynamic and can go very wrong very quickly. Um, but also, if I'd seen that situation, I'd have been over there like a shot. I mean, like, I'm so sorry. Um, like, I'll make sure I keep him on leash until you're gone kind of thing. Um, And it just really reminded me of like, it was a really great example of something we see a lot with people. Um, And there's lots of different scenarios here. You could have rescue dogs, you could have an anxious dog, you could have a service dog where they have, they're, they're, they're responding in different ways. And 
you, you see hear this a lot where you have like um that, that was obviously one scenario i've obviously i've also seen scenarios where people have a dog who is off leash who is like a larger dog who going up to people to say hi and you hear the the phrase that i see all this all here all the time don't worry he's friendly well, he might be friendly, but the person he's approaching might not be friendly towards dogs, might be anxious of dogs, might have been attacked by a dog previously. And again, like, it's like that whole thing of like, just because you would be like, like I said, dog coming up to me, no issue whatsoever. I'd be like, hey, buddy, how are we doing kind of thing? Um, same thing with most animals. I mean, not that this is going to happen, but if you have a rather large arachnid on leash and he comes up to try and say hi to me, I may have some things to say about that. Uh, like, hey, buddy, how are you doing? Like, no, I'm good. No. No, exactly. <laughs> this is my space. That's your space. You stay over there because I'm not a big fan of spiders. But the irony is, is that we obviously we have these things that we, we know we're, we're, that there's common phobias. That I don't think most people would walk up with a spider on their hand and shove it in somebody else's face mm-hmm. and go, hi, say hi to my friend. Um, but when it comes to dogs, that same kind of mindfulness isn't there because if it's not something that you would have an issue with, often the assumption is that nobody else would have an issue. Or if you know your dog, if you know your dog is friendly, that you think, well, of course it wouldn't be a problem if he goes up and says hi to somebody because he's not going to do anything, which may be true. But that doesn't mean to say it doesn't. We wouldn't traumatise somebody else if they've been attacked by a dog. Maybe they've been attacked by a dog that looks like your dog. Um, and so just because it's something that we we're, would be okay with doesn't mean to say that it's not negatively impacting somebody else's needs. And just because it wouldn't, cause upon brown needs doesn't mean to say that somebody else's needs wouldn't be impacted in the same way and it got me thinking when I saw this kind of scene playing out I'm like wow like this is like there are so many similarities like that parallels you can draw with human behavior where we just don't think about it because of how we are we assume that everybody else is going to be okay and if it wouldn't impact our needs negatively for someone to do something we don't think it will impact somebody else's needs for us to us to do something and i just thought it was a really good opportunity to kind of bring our attention to this and to remind us that to not assume what works or will not work for other people and to make sure that we're continually checking in with others to find out where their boundaries are and the things that work for them and don't because often we can unintentionally and inadvertently make these kind of errors in judgment because we're judging everybody by our own standards so i know that um like we've both got a number of different examples of this um one of the things is that we're both very tactile people Mm -hmm. both of us like we're both huggy people we're both very kind of touchy-feely people like you'll see me doing this a lot um um not that that's that's kind of weird but (laughs) (laughs) but like I have no issue like but I mean the thing is that really would if she did that I'd be like all right yeah um (laughs) and vice versa like we're we're both very tactile people well and there's a knowing and uh we'll get into it a little bit more a little bit later in the episode but there's a knowing and there's a kind of a a consent to that right we have developed and created this relationship yeah so we know we can hug, we can touch, we yeah. and if there's at any point it doesn't feel good for us, even if it's something we've done a million times, if I'm like, 
yeah, no, not in a hugging mood. Like. Well, actually, you, there was an example of this um, uh, recently where, um, and I can't remember what the, I can't remember why it was. There was some, we'd had a, like, we, we had some challenging moments during the visa process. You don't say. One or two. <laughs> uh, little ones. Little itty bitty little, ones. Little problemettes. <laughs> um, and there were problemettes. Everything's an ets right now. Yeah, we had grieflets the other day, problemettes. I don't know. It must be the season, like the rockets. Oh, maybe. Could be. <laughs> anyway, rockets in April. Who knew? Um, so maybe May. I'm not sure yet. Um, but there was a situation between the two of us where, like, I got really upset about. Like, there was some stuff that was going on that I was getting really upset about. And oh, I remember it. We were, we were at the coffee house. Um, and I had some stuff going. I was really upset about a couple of things that were going on. And Serena said to me, can I give you a hug? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, like, and it was like, I was barely holding it together. And I was also, uh, I was a little frustrated. Like it wasn't just sad emotion that was present. And I was like, I need to process this before we can get to that point. And I did process and we did get to that point and we hugged and it was all fine. In that moment though, it wasn't, but Serena, rather than just grabbing me and hugging me like we normally would, because she could sense that the things were not as they usually would be, mm-hmm. um, that she checked in with me and she's like, can I give you a hug? And it was like, it was a really hard thing for me to say no to her because like, I don't think I've ever said no to you <laughs> in that respect before, like, or, or vice versa. And it was only for a moment, but in that moment, it was a no. And that it would have was... compromised your needs if you if you had been like, well, no, we hug. So now I, I feel like I'm obligated to hug so that she doesn't feel any certain way. Or if I had just gone into it and been like, no, this is, this is what she needs. I know what yeah. she needs. And then she turns into a puddle that I don't have the capacity to help support that she doesn't have the capacity to be in yeah so my and it probably would have moved us further like further apart in that moment and taken longer to get to get back together again (laughs) exactly yeah it was fairly quick it was a processing and then it was like okay now that that's not here like I, I don't want this this bullshit in in between our hug right cool so once we finally did come in it was like Oh, this is yeah. Yes. Like this is this is the comfort. This is the support. Yeah. This is what we actually needed, both of us. Right. Absolutely. And but the thing about it is, is that not everybody is like that, mm-hmm. and we have to be mindful and um, aware of like, well, just because. I mean, I, it's, this is something that really has only become like a big awareness for me in the last couple of years, where like even even online where I'm not able to actually hug somebody like I'll check in with somebody like like I I like I don't know if you're a hug person like I want to say I want to give you a hug right now because that's what I would need like but I'm not sure if that's what would be comforting to you at at this point in time um I another another um uh a friend of mine who is um a who's a black woman who is in a uh, who's in a different country and we often are are in Um, like dealing with things digitally when we are communicating now I'm somebody where if I'm upset and I'm um, like need wanting comfort like somebody holding me close and like stroking my hair that's something that feels comforting to me Um, but I also know there is a there is so many issues with black women and having strangers coming up and touching their hair 
um, without consent, without permission, and objectifying them in that way. I remember because I often this friend of mine will will kind of go back and forth and be like, "Oh, I'm holding your hand right now," because obviously we can't be there to do it. So we'll describe what we would do. Like I'm holding my hand, or I'm sitting next to you on the couch, or I'm giving you a hug right now. And I remember like I, I nearly said that in one moment. I'm like, I need to check about this one. Um, and like when she was when we when she was no longer in that emotional state we had a conversation i was like hey i'm just checking in this is something that would feel comforting to me i'm aware that it's a like i nearly said that like last time you were going through something and i'm aware that that may not feel good for you because of the other associations like i'm just checking in and she was like thank you for checking in actually no that wouldn't feel good to me but like like stroking my back or something would like you know what i mean there were different things that would work for different people um and there are these um and that was something that i was aware of because there is a there is a common issue with this this is a problematic thing in our culture and in our society but some of these things are not like culturally societal issues they're just different things that different people have boundaries around and don't have boundaries around and it makes a big difference as to like whether somebody feels comforted and supported or whether somebody actually feels they're dealing with another trauma, maybe a slight trauma, maybe a significant trauma, but they're, they're dealing with more on top of the thing that, that you're like, rather than comforting, they're actually having more to deal with because of how somebody is approaching them. And I think that that's also true. We don't necessarily always take the time to consider what what might be going on with somebody else or where they might be. Right. And um, the last couple of years, it's become very... Um, Parents, not the right word, but I've, you know, as I'm doing more of my work into understanding um, more about autism and neurodivergence and the different, you know, the different sensations, some people just, they do not like touch that does not work for them. And I am a hugger and I tended to go like, I'm a hugger, everybody's what's wrong with a hug? Like Mm -hmm. for somebody that is not in the space to receive a hug for whatever reason. And even if they're not neurodermic, like they may just be somebody who doesn't enjoy physical touch. That's that's also valid. Or at that moment, somebody as Claire said before, like we are huggers, we are huggers with each other. And at that moment, even a hug for me was not what was needed in the situation. It wouldn't have felt good. It would have made it worse. Like it's really important to be mindful of those types of things. And um, one of the other areas that really comes up is like we're both touchy, we're tactile. So like putting our hand on somebody or like, you know, even just placing a hand on a back or another mm-hmm. hand or being in that close vicinity may not be comfortable for everybody involved. So it's really important to check in to make sure that you're not compromising somebody else's needs because something would feel good for you right and there's this this kind of consent thing makes a big difference here so another example where this comes up is like um giving advice is that a lot of the time if someone's got something going on some people will give advice and it may be that they're giving advice because if they were in that position they would want advice it may be because they're trying to avoid dealing with their own shit they're going to distract from their own shit from by giving advice to somebody else (laughs) also a very common pattern that happens Mm -hmm. um a lot of the time it's like i'm going to give you advice so that you will feel better about the situation because i'm uncomfortable with you not being in a good space right now because i don't know how to deal with it right now there's a lot of that that goes on um but even if it is just genuinely i would want advice in this situation so i'm going to give advice to somebody else in that situation I'm going to tell you for the mo- for the most part if I'm if I've got stuff going on I just want to be witnessed. Mm-hmm. I don't want any advice. Like someone giving me advice 
in uh, and I've been in this I have been in this very situation where I was like incredibly upset and I was speaking to somebody because I was just I just needed to get it off my chest and this other person started giving me advice and because of where they were at and how they were I was like if I reject this advice right now it's going to give me even more to deal with because of how this person's going to respond to the fact that I don't want advice right now so I I was like I know I've got the capacity for this so I ended up dealing with their advice so that they didn't blow up so I didn't have more to deal with in the fact that they were going to blow up but it meant that it, it wasn't helpful to me like nothing about that was helpful it was more um labor for me to do in that moment of like okay this person needs to give advice because of where they're at right now and if I say actually I don't need any advice right now because of where their needs are they're going to blow up as a result of that and then I'm gonna have to deal with them blowing up and I, I haven't got the capacity for any of that so I'm just gonna mm-hmm, yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. and then I probably went and vented to Serena a little bit later who just went <laughs> I hear you that's, that sucks like, like which was really what I needed in that moment and I also vented about the advice that I was given that I didn't want because that was something else like it was it didn't support it, it actually no, compromised it compromised exactly and it's like a lot of that is again coming with good intent but this is one of those things where like this intention versus this impact is so important so please if you haven't already listened to it please go back and listen to uh why your intention doesn't really matter i can't remember what episode number it is we'll put it in the show notes it really does make it it's it's hugely relevant to what we're talking about right now because so often the thought is oh well my, my intention is to do to do good which doesn't really mean shit if your impact is bad like I mean like well shit it really is that simple it really doesn't doesn't. um it doesn't mean anything if uh I mean obviously like if someone's trying to do me harm that feels worse than someone who's trying to help and just not helping but in reality if I'm getting like uh hit emotionally and having to do more labor the impact of that is very similar um and it doesn't make a huge amount of difference like the real difference is let's let's shift so the impact isn't happening and checking in with somebody like asking if somebody is in that space what would feel supportive for you right now and you like they might be like i don't know Mm -hmm. which is sometimes where i've been at um so giving them options be like um would you like a hug right now i can just listen to you and just witness you would you like advice would you like suggestions would you like to go out for a walk do you want to punch a pillow do you want to like scream into a towel like you can come up with options of things that they can then choose between but the reality is checking in with them is a huge it makes a big difference um to to how people feel and sometimes in that situation specifically just reminding them I'm here for you. Yeah. Just remember I'm here for you because and sometimes you're not alone. And you're not alone. Yeah, yeah cuz sometimes you may not have the capacity to give the options that they don't like. Yeah. I don't know what you want. You don't know what you want. We'll just know if you figure it I'm out here. or I figure something out. I'm yeah. here. Like Yeah. I support you. Makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um one I know that actually it's, it's actually quite relevant for both of us is um calling versus texting. Mm-hmm. So, um I recently a few months ago, I met somebody who was a caller as opposed to a texter. Now, I'm somebody who I like to speak to people on the phone, but I like to like I have, I have really busy days and someone calling in the middle of a busy day is like, oh, it's like it, it throws my day off. 
Um, and if I don't get to answer it, there's a, there might be a sense of ang- like anxiety around, mm-hmm. oh, why are they calling? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and if they call and don't leave a message. Oh, oh. that's what this person was as well. Mm-hmm. Like a caller, repeated caller, but no message there. So I'm like, I don't know why you're calling. Um, and it's interesting because for someone who is a caller, if you text them, they can get very quickly frustrated because it's like, just get to the point. Like, what? Is, like, just call me. Just it will call be me. Easier. It'll be quicker and easier for, for somebody. You. Yeah, for you. <laughs> and the other way around, if somebody who is a texter, like, like, there's no issue with having a call. Like, Serena and I will text most of the time, and mm-hmm. then I'll be like, "Do you have like two minutes to have a quick call? Because it's so much going to be so much easier than." And she'll be like, "Actually, I can't do it right now. I'll call you in twenty minutes or whatever." Like, mm-hmm. we'll figure out a way of doing it that works for us both, but that text element especially because the text often gives you what it is that the thing is about another great example with this is like um i have uh, friends who i do voice notes with like it's how we communicate so i send a voice note they send a voice note we send a voice note because then we can do it when we've got the capacity to like when we've got time and space to be present with them now sometimes what i will do is that um i'm i'm aware that i have friends who've got um anxiety conditions so what i'll do is i'll send a voice note and then i'll send like a few word text explaining what the content of the voice note is so they're not like oh god what's in the voice note is this like, like, and it, or i'll go nothing important there just a quick update from my end like because oh, immediately that text means that they know what that's about their, their, their brain isn't spinning on what the content of this message is going to be now some people they wouldn't even think about what the content of the message is going to be they would be like oh i'll just get to it when i get to it um for other people having that unknown voice message can cause a lot of tension having an unknown call where there's no voice message can cause a lot of tension so this is a good one to kind of check in with and like you I mean you kind of get the sense with people um but also communicating actually you know I'm a texter rather than a caller because I'm so busy would you like I'm happy to call I'm happy for us to have a call but why don't we schedule a call or why don't we um text and then we can then find a time when we can call that makes a big difference but the just calling somebody who is a texter out of the blue can create a lot of anxiety and tension if you're not a caller yourself. And I'm going to I'm going to put it out there resentment. <laughs> like the second I get a call if I'm not expecting it and it's just I mean this is this is my stuff but mm-hmm. I'm like no, no, you don't know me well enough. Like yeah. it's People usually don't call me that are in my inner circle. They know that the chances of me picking up are very slim because it's if it's stopping me from what I'm doing, I do get anxiety about that. And it takes this whole thought process to get myself either into the call or back into what I'm doing. So oftentimes I just kind of put it aside. But with my close friends, um, I have 911 systems set up. It's like, all right, if you just want to download stuff, throw it on, you know, Polo or Messenger, if you need me to look at something a little bit quicker, you know, send me a text. If you need to talk to me, send me a text, say 911, because I'll look at that text, know that I need to pick up the call when it comes, and then I'm available so I can prep myself. For me, just that little bit of um, the personal power and the option mm, of it, the choice, is, yeah. the choice is huge. Right. But it also helps to min- minimize my anxiety for yeah. it coming in. And it's like, okay, like, you know, if my best friend 
calls me out of the blue, I might pick it up because I know the system we have in place. I was just about to say, this happened a couple of weeks ago when I had the nut uh, allergy, the allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. I called Serena um, like straight away um, and she didn't answer the phone because she was busy. But like, I know that she looked at that and went, she doesn't normally call me. Like, So she immediately texted me going, I can't pick up right now. Are you okay? I was already in the process of texting her to let her know what was going on. Because I also know if I call and I don't send her a text as to why I'm calling, she's going to be like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, because we have a system where we don't call out of the blue unless it is an emergency or it's something that's time sensitive where it's like, okay, we just, it's a quick thing. It'll be 30 seconds, but I just, I need it right now kind of thing. Um, and it makes a big difference. It does. It may, it it makes all the interactions a lot more, um, well, first fulfilling because they're not impacting you, yeah. but it makes them more, um, I want to say like, not progressive, but like, I feel like the interactions are actually you're not dealing with the bullshit of like, oh, I've been impacted and trying to rebound from yeah. that. They're more... Um, Constructive? Yeah. There you go. That word. We got it. <laughs> well, and it's like, and, and, and again, like there's there's another thing around this. Like uh, I know people who um, they, they like to um, send a lot of information or they like to be in contact mm-hmm. all the time. And they're sending like huge reams of text messages. And I'm like, if I have someone like that in my life, just my I'm going to communicate with you and let you know I'm not going to listen to read half of that mm-hmm. in fact I might actually send some boundaries saying you you get to send one one a day or mm-hmm. one every other day because just sending that message you're asking for my time and attention mm-hmm. and that's not okay like to be doing that can repeatedly over large numbers of that, that over a large number of time like that's consistently pulling somebody out of their day and so it's like communicating what's okay with that. So for me, like, it would be one of two things. Either it'd be like, just so you know, do not expect responses to any of this because I don't have the capacity or time to respond. I'm busy with other things. Or you message me once a day with something you want me to look at. And if I've got the capacity, I'll look at it because it's only one thing and then I'll get back to you. But I mean, I've had friends where like they wanted to be in contact with me every day, multiple times a day. I'm like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not friendship to me. Um, I have got people who I'm in regular contact, but regular contact for me means I speak to them once a week. I might, I mean, we normally text probably on average once a day, mm-hmm. maybe every other day. Well, I mean, we're best friends and business partners. And that's the thing, so. it's, 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 a, it's a combination. And not if, not if, a lot of we that were, is more about business than it is about personal Yeah, stuff. I'd have to say that most of our communication is business communication. Yes. Like, this is the work we have to get done. This is what's going yeah. on. And then... I mean, yeah, maybe a couple of times a week it's actually yes. like friend friend, friend stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when it comes to the, like Claire was saying, if she gets something big and she's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to read this. For me, when I would get those from people, I'm like, okay, use this platform for that. If you need, if you need to just get it out there and you want to... Um, um, vent it out vent it out yeah. in text if you want to if you want to write it out and you need it to be sent to be witnessed cool send it here i'll yeah. get to it when i get to it if i get to it if it's important that yeah. setting up those boundaries for myself was huge because i didn't realize how overwhelmed i was getting with the communication because it's not that these aren't like sometimes it's people i 
don't have any desire to really be <laughs> in like conversation, deep connection with. But a lot of times it's the people who I'm closest to. I'm like, I want to be there. Yeah. And this is how I can be there for you right. without getting overwhelmed, without getting angry because I want to be there to support you. But if you're bombarding me with texts and we haven't agreed to that type of situation yeah. or that type of relationship, even if it's a one-off thing, like, okay, we're in this this situation right now and for this situation we're gonna text back and forth that's not my norm usually i'm not a quick like i'll respond but i'm not i'm not a back and forth person i don't like i want to get it done and then Mm -hmm. okay like i don't need to chat on text right absolutely um and and there's so many different examples of this I i had a friend of mine who um she had um she was um I believe she's not neurodivergent. Um, she had a very specific, she'd had um, challenges with um, eating in the past. Uh, I think she had an eating disorder. Um, and she had somebody that she had very, very clear boundaries around her food and um, like sharing food and like people taking food off her plates and everything. And I didn't know this about her. Um, and we went out for dinner actually for my birthday, we went to a really fancy restaurant and we've got a bunch of different stuff in order to share. Uh, and I was like, oh, that looks great. And I took something off of her plate and she froze immediately. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I should have checked with you first. And again, because I'm a, sh- I'm a food sharer um, and normally I'm pretty good at checking in. Like normally I would check before taking food. I mean, I would check mm-hmm. before taking food off your plate or mm-hmm. anybody else's plate. I don't know what it was. I think I was excited because it was like new, new, I'm a foodie. Um, so like new, exciting vegan food and it was my birthday. And I just, I just didn't think for a second. And she was someone who like in situations like that before, like she, it took, quite a lot for her to manage that situation for her to continue to eat like in situations before if someone's touched her food she wouldn't eat um and it was a real um challenge for her because it wasn't a challenge for me it it didn't occur to me to think about it but I didn't check in with her before doing something that could have compromised her by like by taking something off of her plate um I was real like it was one of those moments of like I am so so sorry what can I do is there anything and like from this point forward now especially after that I mean I would have done before that anyway but generally speaking but from that point onwards I'm like I check with people before taking food because it was a real moment of like oh my goodness I didn't realize how much this could impact somebody and now I'm aware of it now I'm doing better and going forward and even if somebody doesn't have a factor such as neurodivergence that's kind of dictating it yeah still check in because you don't you don't know you don't know what somebody's experiences has been you don't know what you know what can trigger you don't know what mouthful they're leaving to last oh god if you take claire's claire bite or the last bite that she's been curating throughout the entire meal yeah yeah i i i I (laughs) save all the best bits for the end somebody has some of those best bits before i get there oh and it might be and i know i mean and we kind of joke about it but it would like there was a part there'd be a part of me that'd be like oh yeah, was, there would be a lot of emotions there would, for there that would be one a, bite. There would be an impact. <laughs> it might not be a massive impact, but it would still be an impact. And again, we talk about these sort of slight, slight traumas trauma. versus um, the um, or niggles, those sorts of things. That's what we're talking about here. But it still creates an impact. And we, what we want to do is we want to navigate our world in ways that don't negatively impact other people. It's um, interesting. I don't know what I'm remembering this from. I think it's a TV show, but it was like a. Um, two people were breaking up and they were hashing out everything that's happened over the relationship mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And it was like, and you always steal my fries. And it's like, 
Can you imagine how many fries had to be stolen to get a niggle to come out like that? Uh-huh. Like at the end of a relationship being like, it was that you've big cheated of a thing. on me, yeah. you've done this, you... And you think to buy you, fries. Right? Like... Yeah, but that's, but the, that's thing. the thing. It's because that, that hasn't been communicated it consistently then keeps happening and that that that's what we talked about um in the i think it's the resilience or the guilt and shame series i don't remember which one where we talk about the different types of trauma and where it's a slight trauma if it repeats over and over again eventually it becomes up like a slight uh, a slight sustained trauma something that happens on a sustained basis but at a slight level becomes more significant sometimes even severe without us even realizing it because of the impact that we had um i know that you had an interesting one recently at a holiday party right um yeah it (laughs) uh people saying no to drinks Mm -hmm. um that is something that I've actually seen it making the rounds on social media around the holidays, which I kind of, I, I, not kind of, I really like because it's a good reminder. Like, why is somebody saying no to drinks? It doesn't fucking it matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It and doesn't. It's not matter. your business. No, it no should be enough. Yeah, no is a complete sentence, and it shouldn't require any justification. And if you're not comfortable with somebody else's no, that's about you and your needs. It's not about them and theirs. So take it. Like, do not put that on them. And that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot of the time, right? Yeah, people. Like, I mean, people take offense to it, or they try to do this peer pressure, convincing. Oh, it's just one shot. Oh, just one drink. You do not know, and you don't need to know why they're saying no like, and they don't need what you consider to be a quote-unquote good, good reason or a good reason or... not to be drinking like mm-hmm. if they say no that's a good enough answer and actually it's as somebody who doesn't drink on occasion when i say oh no i'm just gonna drink water tonight when somebody's like something like, oh cool okay it's refreshing because mm-hmm. so often you're like, oh, come on, just one. And it's like, no. But I'm only here for blah, 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 or it's this occasion, or, or, and, but I don't fucking care. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no it means no. And not like- matter. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things that, that comes up a lot. And again, because... If you're somebody who, when you're saying I'm not going to have a drink, it's because, oh, maybe I had a couple too many last night. And then it's like, oh, go on then, I'll have one. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're in that, if you're that person, fine. But that doesn't mean to say that everybody else is. And so don't approach the situation in the way that you would be okay with assuming that everybody else is going to be okay with it too. Well, then also you brought up something really good because I'm, I'm convincible. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Encourageable. <laughs> Um, bad influenceable <laughs> all of the above it's mm-hmm. who True I story. am like and I and I fully own that there have been so many times I've said no and I've been convinced otherwise like sometimes it's one no sometimes it's 15 no's and there are times there are times I've held my boundaries and definitely now more than others if I really mean no like I mean no and I don't care who the fuck you are or what the occasion is like mm-hmm. no um, and, and I'm just, I want to just jump in there. Mm-hmm. I don't care who the fuck you are. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. And if someone really cared about you, they wouldn't be wanting you to compromise your boundaries because of what they want. I just got to put that in there. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. It's just a, I'm not sorry. No, I'm not no, sorry. No, you're I'm not. just adding that in. <laughs> you are adding that in. Because it's really important. It is. And it's, I think of how many times you've had somebody try to change your mind on something that you know isn't going to serve you Mm -hmm. or other people have tried to change your mind on something that isn't going to serve you because it 
would serve them or it suits them or what it just you know what I, I shared about this yesterday I think it was yesterday um I've been uh I got um I recently bought some online makeup and they sent through an offer that their nail polishes for 50% off and I actually really like their nail polishes so I went on that line to have a look and I was I was like looking and I was like nah, you know what I like mm, meh okay like it was there was maybe one I liked and it was like then there was gonna be shipping on top and I was like nah this is just not worth it oh and besides which I like to try things out in person because the colors look different and it, like I want to see it on my nails see what works for me so I think I'd put I think I might have put one in my cart um and then I left um <laughs> and I got an email the peer pressure emails for ordering well the interesting thing was I got an email from them saying uh, like you'll regret letting them go like mm-hmm. and I was like you know what? That is the easiest way. And I shared this on Facebook. Unsubscribe. The easiest way for me to delight in letting them go. I'm like, thank you. I feel great about that now. Like, no fucking way are you going to shame me or manipulate me into buying something I decided I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you think that that's going to work. And I actually did like this thing saying, marketers sending me an email saying, you'll regret letting them go is the quickest way to get me to delight in letting them go. Because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's like the second you try, and that's the thing, is that because of the work I've done with myself now and the work I've done on my value need and my personal power need and my needs and everything like you try and cross my boundaries oh you watch the (laughs) hammer come down like that is like yeah you just try and push my boundaries and see where we end up um because it I'm never going to compromise that boundary and it may just be and I've done this where it's like no, I'm done. And I just leave. I get up and leave because I'm setting I'm setting that boundary. You want to you want to cross my boundaries? I don't want to be somewhere that I'm not being respected and someone's not going to cross my boundaries. I just rather leave. Mm-hmm. And that's not like I'm doing this thing to you. It's like you'll see how committed I am to setting my boundaries and I'll do what is necessary to maintain those boundaries. And people get really shocked by that because not many people do it. So the more of us that do it, the more people get used to it, the more people will actually stop trying to push people's boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And uh, what I've noticed a lot in life is people, let's just say a group of three people, one person's boundaries or one person is compromised for whatever. Let's We're going to go back to the drink instance. Why would somebody, you know, yeah. say no to a drink? Doesn't matter. Come to find out that person has had an issue with drinking in the past. And then you feel bad because you've tried to pressure this person into drinking something. And then another person comes along and is like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. They'll be they'll be fine. They'll get over it. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So you're saying no. I've just impacted somebody, compromised them. They'll be fine. But the reality and what's happening in that situation is that normally the person that's been impacted in that situation isn't saying a lot about it because... They're like, oh, you know what? I just don't even want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do my own thing. What ends up happening is the person who's put the pressure on often gets quite vocal. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. And what happens is that the third person is trying to make the second person feel better about the situation because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the second person being uncomfortable rather than going, actually, you know what? That was a shitty thing to do. Absolutely, you should apologize. Can I can I buy you a non-alcoholic drink to uh, to say sorry for it? Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, and what happens is is that they add to the impact because they invalidate that person's experience and they make it quote unquote okay for this person to have done the thing that has impacted this other person's needs. So it's like double triple impact rather than actually and like the the more comfortable we get with being 
uncomfortable when we are calling something out or we're addressing something that is the right thing to do the better life will be mm-hmm. like we're going to do an episode there are some times when when it's okay to not be comfortable um and that's that's a separate thing but when we're talking about being uncomfortable because we've done something wrong or because somebody else has done something wrong or because somebody else is is going through some stuff and we don't know how to deal with it like the the sooner we can get comfortable with that the sooner we can actually deal with it in a way which is the right way of doing it rather than the easy the socially acceptable the politically correct the um the polite the nice way of dealing with it that just keeps everyone quiet rather than actually addresses the situation so that it gets resolved and doesn't get carried forward mm-hmm. that, that. um <laughs> So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of like different examples of this. Another one is um, like if you um, like language use, if you and there's a difference between using language that is like your way of expressing yourself, as long as you're not using harmful or problematic terminology, um, that is something that is impacting other people. But if you're just expressing yourself, if you're using language, which is um, different to language that other people would use and that's not language that they would be comfortable with, that's okay. Um, I said, as long as we're not being problematic, as long as we're not using terminology that's um, that's harmful to others. But we're talking about, like, generally speaking here, we tend to be talking about either, I said, using problematic language um, that is harmful to other people uh, because of the um, societal patterns of the use of that language, or using language where we're using language about the person that we're speaking to so i know that that there are different people in different groups where it's like um they call their friends bitches or they call their friend ho their friends hoes now i'm not going to get into the other the, layers of the, the layers of nuance around needs as far as that is concerned um but if somebody new comes to the group and that word may be a trigger for them. Maybe they've come from, they've, they've had a, uh, an incident in the past where that, that word was used to attack them. Like that is something where like you've got to check in with somebody like, hey, this is something that we do. Again, the, the other side of it, I'm not going anywhere near because it's not what we're talking about today. I'm sure we will get there at some point on another podcast. But I'm talking about like checking in with somebody going, this is something we do. Hey, are you okay with this? Mm -hmm. So for example, another great example is like using gendered language in a situation where you don't know everybody that's involved. So for example, describe using um, like, hey guys, hey dudes Mm -hmm. um, to a group of people. If you don't know, there might be a trans woman in that group. There might be a non-binary person in that group who that gendered language doesn't, it, 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 it's harmful to them because it's triggering to all kinds of different situations that they've experienced and been through um, and to their wounds of not identifying like uh, the number of times they'll have been misgendered, the number of times they'll have been identified as something other than that which they are. Um, it's a, it's, that's a problem and that's going to negatively impact people. So again, it's like one, generally speaking, clean up your language, like make the effort to shift your language away from things that are problematic. So it's it's possible. And I know people are like, oh my God, it's so hard. Like there is no secret I have a potty mouth. Like I own it. It's part of me. It's part of how I express myself. I thought you said I had a potty mouth as in like a podcast mouth. I was like, what's that? I've not heard that. I've not heard that before. Yes, she does. (laughs) Not a potty mouth. She has a potty mouth. But 
I changed my language over the years when I realized certain things that I had said might be offensive or I wasn't aware of the origins of terms or just in certain situations, like the chances of me dropping a hard F-bomb in the middle of like a, let's say a corporate setting or something. Right. like be aware of who, where you are, who you're with, like my group that we've established a a consensual exchange of words and phrases or whatnot. That's one thing. But when somebody news around, I'm not going to assume that I know your gender or your identity or anything about no, you. Pronouns or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I'm not going to, I I've never been a huge fan of calling people bitches, hoes, yeah, sluts. No, like that's either. just, it's never resonated with me. I had a um, person in my life that loved to refer to people, oh, slut. And it's like, when I be like, eh, like, I just don't, it doesn't work for me. It's like, oh, you're so uptight. I'm like, I'm uptight. Like, subconsciously impacting your value it, need, just saying. Yeah. Just like, and we'll get onto subconscious, like, the, the things that we hear and the things that we say and how we internalize that and process that and the impact that it will have on our knees. We're going to get to that on another episode, but it is a thing. But it's interesting how, like, sometimes when people hold their boundaries in those types of situations, they're like, this is actually compromising me. Like, I get, like... I don't have an issue with you calling Stephanie slut because she seems to like it for whatever reason. Like, and that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, but I think that's the thing is that a lot of the time that when when we hold our boundaries, people take that, they internalize that as a judgment of them Mm -hmm. rather than you saying this is what does or doesn't work for me. And I think that's the thing is that when we're communicating these things is that that's what we want the owners to be. It's like, hey, this is what works for me or this is what doesn't work for me versus you need to stop doing this. This Mm -hmm. isn't, this thing you do is not okay. Um, Difference if if it's, as I said, problematic Mm -hmm. language, that's a different thing. Yes. That thing you do is not okay. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, but even in, in that context, like if I'm if I'm calling somebody else in on that, Serena will tell you the million times I've said to her, like, just so you know, that thing's not okay for this, this, and this reason. Mm-hmm. I get it. I used to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I know it takes some effort. To, like, I'll own the fact that I used to do it too. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm great and you did it wrong. Like, right. that's not how it works. But it's also really important to recognize that, that the how we communicate some people are going to take things personally and if they are taking your boundaries personally and making it about them that's often an indication some more boundaries would be helpful because Mm -hmm. they these are not people who are um going to be safe for your boundaries to be around um so normally like we talked about um i can't remember what the um episode was it was quite a while ago now where we talked about the relationship orbits and the, the the orbits that get further away and close together we'll put the episode uh, number in the show notes um um and that's when someone like takes your boundary and makes your boundary about them and tries to, get you to change your boundary because that's what would work better for them oh, those orbits tend to get a little further away or benefit us if they do get a little further away mm-hmm. but i think it's really important to recognize that that if somebody is setting a boundary, it's not about us. It's about them. And it's about if we value and respect them, that we want to make sure that we're operating in a way that 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 supports that and honors that. Um, another great example, um, too, and we're coming up on time, so I want to kind of get through these relatively quickly. Um, 
I think but, that means Serena, don't chime in. <laughs> no, 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 that's for both of us. No, there are like some of these, like the, 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 we've got quite a few examples we a that few we still examples. that still want to um, uh, get in. So, for example, um, things in food. Like we have, a, we know somebody. Um, we've got people who we know who don't eat certain food and we know certain people who can't eat certain food and i as somebody who has food allergies i've been recommended to eat certain things and been told it's okay you can't taste it that's not how that works like that's not a thing like if somebody says i don't eat the food just because they can't taste it doesn't mean to say that that's okay for them to eat the food as somebody who's a vegan i know there are a lot of ethical vegans out there who would be like horrified and mortified i would i like if i was being served something that i said that i didn't eat like that's a real compromise of some of my boundary um and just because oh well i don't think it's that important of a thing or i don't like i would never be vegan so i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. like that that doesn't mean it's okay to compromise somebody else's boundaries and especially when you get to allergies as well it's Mm -hmm. uh, all I can think of oh it's just a little bit of honey like yeah it doesn't matter like the existence of the honey in general (laughs) I was told I was I I was saying Serena earlier I was told by a guy at Publix that um it didn't matter that the uh, bread wasn't vegan because you couldn't taste the milk and that and I so I was like well in all honesty I'm like if you have a lactose intolerance whether you can taste it or not, you're still going to have a reaction to it. And he went, yeah, you see, my girlfriend's lactose milk. You should drink 2% milk. She does and she's fine. And I'm like, there are so many things about this that I'm not going to go anywhere near. Um, but I just went, okay, paid for my stuff and off I went. Um, because it wasn't worth it to me to get into it with somebody else. But there were so many things in that that were like, compromising needs and boundaries on boundaries and boundaries and boundaries. Another place that that shows up with food is if um, we, we have a friend who doesn't like mayo. There are actually a lot of people who don't like mayo. Yeah, she, it's a consistency thing. She loves dips. Mm-hmm. That contain mayo. That are pride and, pride <laughs> predominantly mayo-based. Mayo yeah. It's something different for her, which is fine. Like, cool, you don't like it straight, you like it with this. But imagine, and she she doesn't do this. She wouldn't do this. She wouldn't do this, but it was an example that kind of came about due to her very vocal uh, detestation. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That sounds like a legitimate word. Um, She don't like it. She does not like mayo. (laughs) But if she was to have a dip that she does like, and she's like, and somebody's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't eat mayo. And she's like, oh, neither do I, but it's fine. It's fine. This is okay. Like, I eat this. Well, just because she eats it doesn't just, mean someone else. And, said, and we said, like, she would never do this. Mm-hmm. But it was just an example of, like, that can happen. And that mm-hmm. I've seen it, it happens a happen. lot. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. It's fine for me. It's, it's fine for you, too. It's right. fine. Well, and the same thing can happen when with, like, making plans. Like, I've got a friend who um, has a lot of anxiety about going somewhere new. And, like, when she goes somewhere, she needs, she wants to know how she's going to get there, where she's going to park. Like, she wants to know, like, what's the place they're going to. She wants to have looked at the menu ahead of time so she can kind of get a sense. Because that's one of the things that meets her security needs. She feels more secure once those things are in place. Well, if you imagine if, she, if there's somebody said, uh, she said, oh, well, where, where do we park to go to this thing that we're, we're going to tonight? And someone said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out when we get there. Well, that might be fine for the person who is happy to figure it out when we get there, but that could then compromise her needs because she has the anxiety because she doesn't know where she's going and where she's going to park. Simple thing, but it can make a huge difference to somebody. 
So the next example where this comes up is Serena's favorite favorite subject. Sorry, second favorite subject. I was going to um, say Larry's not in Larry's the show Larry's not notes. in the show notes, no. But um, glitter is. Glitter is. Um, so some people love glitter, like us. Uh, and some people hate glitter like with a passion. So we had like a glitter celebration for Serena's birthday, not... I was going to say not this year. Your birthday hasn't happened this year. We've got three days to go yet. Uh, last year, and like we were covered head to toe Key West in glitter. Was color, covered in glitter because like, of people were like people were looking to find us, and they said they were following the glitter trails down the street because that's how they could tell where we were. Legitimate, and that wasn't no that like wasn't legit, legit. Like I mean, breadcrumbs in the forest, nothing on glitter down the Key West streets. <laughs> Um, but we know people who absolutely hate. And the thing was, Serena was aware of this. And she knows, because she knew people who had this thing, whenever she came up to someone like, do you like glitter? And if someone was like, yeah, we're like, of course I'm like, let's glitter you. Mm -hmm. If you don't, cool. All right. We won't hug you because you'll end up covered. Mm -hmm. um, and we had friends who were like, mm-mm. Yep. We had friends that were, one of my very, very good friends was actively avoiding me at my own birthday party because she was so worried that she was going to get doused in glitter. And we were at a bar that it's douses people. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a glitter bar. Yeah. Like they literally glitter every drink, every person. And she was unglittered. And I came over and she said, please don't, please don't. I was like, I'm not like that's not fun for either of us. Right. Like that's not fun for me to do something to you that you're gonna despise. And then like you're not gonna enjoy my party, which means I'm not gonna enjoy my party as much because my people aren't enjoying it as much. And but I have enough things. glitter for all of us. Yeah. Like it's cool. I'm glittered plenty. <laughs> and there was a point where I used I can say that I probably would have taken my friends' needs into consideration. And I wouldn't have glittered my friends, but those bystanders bystanders on the street, I would have like doused just unapologetically because it was my birthday and That's I can I do it do. because yeah. I feel that I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, different time. <laughs> this is um, Entitlement 101, which we will come back to in a future podcast. Yes. <laughs> no, no, that's not pointing the finger at Serena. No, that's just an example thereof, but yes. it is point because, yeah. I mean, that was that was a space I was in not yeah. too long ago where yeah. it was like, oh, no, it's more fun for their vacation. It's more like... Uh, because it would be fun for Serena's vacation, but the but not realizing the negative impact it could have on somebody mm -hmm. else. And just it was so simple to be like glitter people, no, okay, glitter people, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so when we got to the the, the glitter people, oh. we had a good fucking time because right. we weren't wasting our our sprinkles of glitter excitement on people who weren't enjoying it. Because yeah. if we did it to somebody and then they caught an attitude or like they mm -hmm. were upset and they vocalized that, right. that would have actually impacted us again. Yeah, in other ways absolutely uh, so the the key thing is like to realize that that i said consent and checking in is really like checking like don't assume you know what works for mm -hmm. people and what doesn't work for people and even actually, if the, you know those people even if you know those people and 
depending on the circumstances like that can change and there there can be like there's a subtle difference like I remember that we were talking about this let's go back to one of the topics we were talking about previously which was the hug thing like Serena and I are both huggy people like we'll hug everybody um most people um <laughs> yeah most people yeah that's um, that kind of like weird shoulder yeah. hug to the mm. side you're like how can i get more space between me and your body well that's an indicator <laughs> of the fact that that's not someone we should be hugging uh-huh. we should be setting a boundary we should be setting a boundary with there we go <laughs> who are we trying to make comfortable exactly so like if we're like because we're very huggy people one of the things that serena suggested was uh, like that you started doing right if mm-hmm. someone shook your hand go ahead yeah, yeah. i'd be like i'm a hugger now the interesting thing was that like this came up as like one of the suggestions like in this episode for how to and i was like there's a little nuance in this which is that i love boundaries she loves nuance yeah i'm like <laughs> i mean she loves boundaries and i love nuance too but yes like i like like boundaries is your theme song mm-hmm. nuance is my mm-hmm. theme song um so i was saying like there's this this kind of nuance in this which is that if you're somebody who's shaking hands with somebody and someone comes in and, and says, I'm a hugger, then maybe because you're basically saying, this is what I do. And you're relying on them saying, I don't do this mm-hmm. in order to set that boundary. It's, it's this is what I do and this is what I want to do. Exactly. And so there's also an inherent pressure in that of like, I want to hug you. And so you, this person already knows whether whether they're a hug or whether they're not. This is what you want to do, and what you're communicating is what you want to do. You're not asking what they want to do, and so I so said, there's a little nuance in this that if you shifted that language rather than from being "I'm a hugger" to "Are you a hugger?" You're then checking in where are you at. The very fact that you're asking the question probably gives an indication that you'd be okay with a hug. Why would you ask the question if like, like are you a hugger? <laughs> Yes, I'm like, well, I'm not. Like, that's not really likely to happen Air very five. often. Yes, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Um, that's not really going to happen. Oh, it's not unlikely to happen. <laughs> I mean, although I can see Serena trying that now just for fun. <laughs> but the reality is, is that if you say to somebody, are you a hugger? It suggests that you're probably open to it. But it also gives them, it's a yes, no answer. Mm-hmm. You're letting them know. And you can even be like, are you a hugger? Like, no's okay, by the way. Like, you can even caveat it. But I go, no's a perfectly okay answer. Are you a hugger? Uh, and then, and you'll, and generally speaking, you'll know. The people who are huggers like, yeah, like, come mm-hmm. here. Like, and they'll come and grab you. And if you have that hesitation, you can be like, okay, high five. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's ways you can navigate it. But it's about focusing on what they need and what they're comfortable with. And the more you can give people consent to say no to you, the easier people will feel, the more relaxed people feel. And the reality is, is that you may have somebody who's like on the fence about hugging. And just the fact that you are like, are you a hugger? Like, no's okay. It's like, oh, if no's okay, actually, I feel comfortable with you, in which case I want to give you a hug. So I mean, you're more likely to- Have you ever had a hug that you didn't want to receive and how icky that feels Ugh. within you? And you're like, just get away from me, get off of me. Like, no, it it's like Ugh. people, I think people think in, hugs are inherently good in positive things and- if that's not what serves you. Well, like. it reminds me, there was, um, what was it? the TV show? There was a TV show. I think it was, I think it was How I Met Your Mother. And they were saying that like certain things, if you are into somebody, seem romantic. And if you're not into somebody, they're creepy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's like, if you're into somebody, like 
holding up a boombox and playing a piece of music outside their bedroom window is like romantic and sexy. If you're not into them, it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, then the police get called. Right. Restraining orders exactly. happen. And it's, it's either marriage certificates or restraining orders. Exactly right. like, like, well, and that's the thing is like, like the, the, with the hugs, like if you are, if you like somebody, if you energetically resonate with somebody, if you appreciate them, yeah, hugs are great. Mm-hmm. If you are repulsed by somebody, a hug is like, Ugh. like and i mean I'm, I'm not i don't know how to say this and make it sound kind of nice but like don't assume people aren't repulsed by you <laughs> i mean like it's and by repulsed we're not talking about physically repulsed yeah we're like, talking about like energetically, energetically or personality wise like i know there are people who like i find repulsive not because of how they look but because their energy yeah. is just I don't want that energy anywhere near me. And it can be like somebody like that's familiar to you that yeah. you know that all of a sudden just one day it's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not in the touchy mood to like, if I'm one of those people, I'm very, very touchy, very huggy. But if I don't want to be like, I don't care if you're Claire, Joe, it doesn't matter who you are. No, no. Do not touch me if you do. And there is not consent. You are going to, you're going to hear about it. Like, and the reality <laughs> is going back to what we were talking about previously. If somebody... If you are saying if if you're saying I don't want I don't want to be touched today I'm not in a huggy space, if somebody isn't willing to respect that, then they're not showing care and respect for you. They're prioritizing your their needs over yours. That's not somebody who is comfortable to be around, and it's going to mean that you're less likely to want to be around them. Like if you want to build that. If you're someone who wants to be huggy with people uh, or a, a particular person, the more you respect them, and we've talked about this. I think um, I don't know whether we've actually done this in a podcast episode, I know I've done a video about it, about um, the dance partner friend of mine, and we'll, we'll get into this in the Boundaries um, series more um, more specifically. My dance partner here was of utmost respect. So I dance like, I dance body to body, head to head with him um, because he respected me. So I felt comfortable getting closer. There are, he's the only man aside from the person that I'm seeing that I would do that with hearing, no, no, this is another one who's exactly, very the much same. the same, same deal, very respectful. And I'm like, I feel comfortable getting close enough to you. Most other people, I'm like, there is a distance between the two of us. And if you try and compromise that distance that I'm making clear is where I'm comfortable, I want to get further away from you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get closer to people, if you want to, like, respecting their boundaries is one of the most important things. And with that, don't think that, like, if I'm like, don't touch me and you start, like, poking me, same fucking thing. Like, don't try to change it to make it work for yourself. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people do that. They're like, but this is what I want to do. I want to be close to you. I want to touch you. I want to do this. I want to do this. So I'm going to figure out how I can do it. If you are dead set on challenging these boundaries, first, stop. But second, again, ask. And also, be like, if, is you there are, some- if you are dead set on meeting your needs at the expense of somebody else's, which is what crossing those boundaries is, check yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to do some serious work on your own needs because if you are willing to compromise somebody else's needs for your benefit, you are, because of the interconnected thing, you are actually compromising your own needs too. But not only that, but you are negatively impacting somebody else. And this is the importance of consent in our culture right now. Mm -hmm. For too long, this has not been a thing. And it's not been a thing that has been recognized and demanded in different situations. Like whether we're talking about kids and family members like oh go and give so-and-so a hug even if they don't want to whether we're talking about 
um, like women feeling they need to make men like not piss off a guy by Mm -hmm. letting him be more tactile with her Mm -hmm. than she's comfortable with because she doesn't feel safe to say no. Yep, take the sexual harassment because yeah, the the alternative is worse. Exactly, it's like there's 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 so many of these things. The second that you are putting your needs and whether they're emotional needs, physical needs, mental, whatever it is, the second you are wanting to cross somebody else's boundaries, you are basically saying I'm going to take my needs at the sacrifice of yours. That point, you're no longer in consent. That's a form of harassment. It's a form of assault. So I think it's really important. And I know people are like, oh, you're getting like, you're too sensitive. Like that's what we're talking about. It's like, no, the second you're doing that, you're actually compromising your own needs too because you're actually compromising your humanity. Because by doing that, you're basically saying, I can use this person to get my needs met. The second you do that, you're objectifying them in some way. You're seeing them as less than human. But in order to see them as less than human, you have to compromise your own humanity in the process. So just stop. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. No, I'm not even sorry. You're Can't even, even pretend to be sorry. God, I'm not even not sorry that I'm sorry. Yes. I'm not sorry in the slightest. And we've gone over and I don't fucking care. If you, and I mean. I, I think what, the reason I said, the reason I said sorry is because I'm aware I jumped in in the middle of what you were saying. So I'm not sorry about anything I've said. Please go ahead with what you no, were saying. I'm really glad you jumped in because it is. It, it's true. And it's so important. And yeah. we've been conditioned as a society to just. Grant and Barrett get through it. Just like certain people choose, and that's what people have followed. And it, it, I mean, we could go off on so many tangents, and I know we're running over. Um, but I wanted to say, if you don't know where somebody's boundaries are, like let's say somebody's like, no, I'm not a hugger, and you really want to find out, like, okay, well that means you're not a hugger, and there's all of this extra or other stuff it could be if it feels right. And I'm going to say that if it feels right, and you'll know if it feels right, check it. And you'll it. know if it feels wrong and, and you're compromising it anyway. Yeah. If there's any sort of inkling, like maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. You probably then shouldn't. Don't. No, then don't. Just yeah. don't. <laughs> but if you're like, you know what? You know, like when a relationship like ours, like, okay, you don't want me to hug you. Um, would a hand on you be okay? Or is there something that would feel supportive or comforting do you want me to, to do you? Do you want to hold my hand? Like, do you want to? I mean, this is the thing. It's like, what do you want? Not what can I convince you to do that meets my needs? What do you want? Is there a way of doing this? It reminds me of those kids in the uh, saying like, hello in the classrooms. Like there's a lot of teachers that do this where they've got they, they've got a list of things on the like welcomes that uh, they can point to and the, the kid can have a hug. They can do a dance. They can have a high five. Uh, have you seen this? No, that sounds really cool. Though. It's such a cool thing. Like uh, I think it's like uh, there's a lot of elementary schools where they basically have this list of things by the door um like what welcome and, and it's like what welcome you? and as they're coming Love in that. the teacher's welcoming them and they're pointing to which one they want like they might blow a kiss they might wave they might do a high five well, they I might really do like a little that. dance they might do a hug and they can do whichever one they want and it's like again that's that's the print that's the basic principle of consent what is it that will work for you and you can say like 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 you like i just want to check in like you can you can even be like cause if it was Serena and I, and I and I said Serena she doesn't want to hug. I'm like I'm like I want you to know I'm here and I want to support you. Um, is there anything touch wise that would feel good to you right now? Like would you like to hold my hand? Would you like my hand on your leg? Would you prefer just to have some space and have no contact right now? Like I will come up with those options as Serena does with me as well. Like we come up with those options so we can figure out a way of doing it that works for both of us. Um, and I think that ultimately that's the thing like consent and checking in are the big things here to make sure that you are, you're finding ways of doing this. Remember, self first, meeting your needs at the minimum in ways that do not compromise others. 
and sometimes benefit others too. So what we want to do is find out the things that we do. And when we re- when we find out things that we've done have compromised others, like again, don't take it personally because that's about you and your needs. You can process that. You can be like, oh, I'm disappointed because I like tugging that person. And if that's not, like I can feel disappointed about mm-hmm. that. And find other ways of meeting that need for myself that do not require another person, that do not require this person. And that's what we want to do is we want to make sure that any time that someone goes, actually, no, that doesn't work for me. Great. Thank you. Thank you for letting me. Yeah, I love it when people set a boundary with me. Yes. I absolutely like I get I mean, it's probably weird for them if they don't like they don't know me. That's new. Cool, cool. You don't want to do that. Thank you. Like, yeah. Now Thank I know you where for I letting stand. me know yeah. so that I can do this in a way that works for both of us. And that's the thing is that so often it's like, oh, and it's like, Thank you for letting me know. And I can still be disappointed. Like I can process that by myself. And it's an indicator that one of my needs isn't being met and that I'm seeking to get it met through this interaction. So let's go find another way of meeting that need. It gives you the opportunity to figure out the way that works for everybody. And then that's going to feel better for everybody Everyone. involved. Like yeah, absolutely. You, you can get that quick red spectrum hit on your needs mm-hmm. or you can do something that's green and truly fulfilling. Right. Absolutely. So um, we've gone way over time today, but I think that the things we added at the end were really important. So I'm glad that we did. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. So remember um, that this is all about consent. It's all about checking in and it's about finding a way of doing this that works for everybody. Um, so I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Uh, we will be back again very, very soon. Remember in the meantime to take care of yourself, stay safe and to continue to meet your own needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review as it will help more people find us. And remember, just because it wouldn't compromise your needs doesn't mean to say it won't compromise theirs. You want to find self-first ways of meeting your needs. Well, shit. It really is that simple.